Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. You are Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com with Tony Abbott of ZoneCoverage.com. Tony, how you doing? You know what? I'm doing okay today because uh, I, I was doing okay earlier today when we recorded the show with Jesse, and now it's later today, so I'm still doing all right. Well, that's good. All right. And uh, with us are special guests Zeke Boyat and uh, Brett Marshall from well, Zeke, you're with uh, Hockey Wilderness still, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. You're with Hockey Wilderness. And Brett, uh, do you, you don't think you write for anybody particularly, though, right? Nope, I do not. Nope. But we have you guys on because uh, this week you are going to unveil the first ever episode of your new podcast, Sound the, Vo- the Foghorn, right? That is correct. Sound the Foghorn. That's going to be available on Google, uh, Podbean, and uh, a number of different outlets, correct? Yep, we're working on it. It's already available on iTunes, Google Play, uh, TuneIn. We're pending on uh, iHeart and Spotify. I uh, just subscribed on Podcast Addict, so you guys are there. Sweet. All right. Yeah, we're probably a bunch of places we don't even know. So <laughs> It's usually how that happens. All right, so well, we brought you in today, obviously, because we want to chat about the, uh, the upcoming series between the Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, but uh, first, uh, I don't know if our listeners are really familiar with with uh, with you guys exactly. So uh, if you want to take a moment to kind of introduce yourself, let's go start with Zeke. Okay, so yeah, well, I mean, uh, like, the, like you said, I uh, write for Hockey Wilderness. Done that for a couple of years now, I think since 2018. Uh, you know, the funny thing is uh, I'm still only 18, so not exactly, a, you know, I'm still pretty young, but uh, right there and uh, like, we also said I'm going to be on the Sound the Foghorn podcast with uh, Brett and uh, Justin Backe, who's the guy who uh, runs the Capsov Countdown account. So, I'm, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, is, what does he count down to now? I think he said he's going to do first game played once there's a <laughs> schedule. <laughs> yeah. The debut. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin is also, he, if I remember right, he also does the uh, Wild – uh, prospects and young players account is that correct yes mm-hmm. okay awesome and brett uh, i know you've been on the show with uh with tony prior to this before but to, just to reintroduce yourself to our listeners sure yeah uh, my name is brett marshall i'm 24 uh graduated from uh, minnesota state university mankato uh degrees in marketing and mass media uh still on the job hunt i got laid off from covid but keeping my you know trying to stay positive and trying to find something new but I uh, love talking hockey, love the Minnesota Wild, been following since day one. So pretty excited that we're uh, getting back to action here at the end of the week. Nice. You're 24, like Lungs Walks on the, uh, the Minnesota River in Mankato, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rib Fest at, uh, at the amphitheater down there in, uh, in, in the uh, – what is that? It's um, it's the park down there where they have Rib Fest, the amphitheater uh, and everything. 
Pause. I'm totally blanking on the name. I never went to Ripcast, so I can't remember where it is. But I think it's in North Mankato. I want to say, but I'm not. Yeah, it's it's really not that important. Nobody remembers Mankato, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they're in the WCHA and then out of the WCHA for a reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now into the CCHA in a couple. Is it? I think. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for, uh, for coming out today and, uh, coming on. I think I, I asked you guys this morning and you were more than happy to, uh, to jump on. So appreciate you jumping on in short notice. We definitely look forward to listening to uh, sound the foghorn on uh, whatever podcast app we use. Uh, we'll definitely check out those early ones too, that you said like iTunes and, and Google play and that kind of stuff. So, um, anyways, I want to move on to the actual hockey here. Uh, the wild, have landed in Edmonton. They've got a exhibition game against the Colorado Avalanche. Did you guys pay attention to the scrimmages at all? Not really. I was busy. Okay. Yeah, same here. I keep telling you, Joe, friends don't let friends watch scrimmages. I guess. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I think anyway. I turned one on for like ten minutes. Like I just caught a teeny bit. <laughs> Especially Cap uh, Kaprizov. Let's. Uh, uh, scrimmages. We don't. We don't want to see a Kaprizovless scrimmage, Joe. No, we really don't. But you did get a chance to see Kevin Fiala, your boy. Oh, that's true. Or is Jewel Erickson Eck your boy? I forget now. Now I'm feeling. Uh, Jewel Erickson Eck uh, was my boy all along. Uh, Kevin Fiala was my boy super all along. <laughs> I've got different categories for how all along. Players were my boys. Your, your boy all along, and then your boy super all along. Those yeah. are the categories. Um, uh, Dumba's like mega all along. Mega all along, yeah. So, uh, do you have any um, early intrigues about facing off against Vancouver? I mean, was there any other team that maybe you wanted to see instead of Vancouver? Mm, I mean, off the top of my head, uh, not particularly. I mean, I definitely didn't want to see, you know, St. Louis, Colorado, you know even Vegas maybe, but I guess, you know, early, but outside of the central division, I'm not, I wasn't not particularly, I don't know, like frightened by anybody. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, especially specific, it doesn't seem like aside from maybe Vegas, sometimes the others that any of them are particularly on another level or on that first tier of a, you know, team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the wild have done pretty good against specifics. I think I'm with Zeke. Anyone not in the central seemed like, a good first round matchup or opening round, round, (laughs) I think they're calling it the qualifying round, but yeah. Uh, So another question too, uh, coming off this, I mean, the wild are in this quote unquote quasi pseudo playoff series. Do let me rephrase. Now the wild were going into a tank mode. Everybody was talking about tanking back in October. The goaltending was atrocious. So it was atrocious for the most part. There really was no star. There was no scoring. Uh, Kevin Fiala took a long time to about, about a month to finally get going into the point where he finally was able to break out in, in February. But do you, has your mindset from the beginning of the year and now where it was all pessimistic and stuff like that, has it changed a lot to where now maybe you're more optimistic going into this playoff series or this qualifying round series? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think so too. I mean, from the beginning, I'm 
I've always been a bit more of a, I'm a bit of a more optimistic person. I thought, you know, this is a bad start. I mean, they weren't getting any saves. I mean, they still maybe didn't, but I don't know. I mean, I am more optimistic, obviously, than I was then, but I don't know. I just think it's going to be pretty hard for them. I mean, they can probably win the first round, but after that, I'm, I'm still kind of, you know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think when I did my other podcast way back before the season started, I think I predicted the Wild at like 88 or 89 points when the season came to end, and I think they were pretty much – right on that they were on pace like right on that number somewhere and they're like 90 or 89 so i mean they pretty much performed right to my expectations mm-hmm. i would say how they got there maybe wasn't quite <laughs> what i expected but um yeah like zeke said i mean i think like if you like the wild were you know you look at the underlying analytics outside of getting just quality goaltending they were i'm pretty sure a top top 10 team in almost everything else they were they were driving play, believe it or not. They were shooting at actually a pretty high percentage. They were boxing guys out in the zone. They just weren't getting saves. And, you know. Yeah. So, and then I think toward the end of the year, Alex Salok basically just performed like an average goaltender, and they went whatever, like 11-4 and four or whatever it was in those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, the run that they went on in February. And, I mean, we kind of – if you look back, like Fiala, it took a while until probably about November to finally get him going, but – uh he really did kind of become sort of the game breaker that I suppose people were hoping for. Um, what are your thoughts on Kevin Fiala's rise to uh, really kind of being the, the the main star that the Wild are going to rely upon uh, for this uh, qualifying round series? It's pretty fun. I mean, I remember there's a couple games I went to. Uh, I think per- I think it might have been the one, uh, I think when they played Chicago. I think he had two goals in regulation with the overtime. And I think for like the first time as a wild fan since three on three overtime started, I wanted Kevin, I wanted someone on the ice to have the puck and I wanted it always to be Kevin Fiala. <laughs> and I can't remember another time when there's like, I want this guy out in overtime and have the puck on his stick. And just, you know, he, he creates, he's exciting. Obviously there's a little bit of lapse in his defensive play, but I mean, look at, look at Leon Dry's title. He's MVP candidate. His defense sucks, but no one really complains too much about that. So. Uh, evolving <laughs> hockey does. <laughs> yeah, 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 the evolving wild guys absolutely will, will, will argue that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying Fiala is but I mean, I think what he lacks in defense, he definitely made up for in offense this year. And if you're playing most of the time in your own zone, I don't think the defense matters a whole lot. So uh, he was really fun to watch. And I'm hoping now with Evison you know, in, in charge and having the confidence and faith in Fiala that we'll see him hopefully out there pushing 20 minutes a night and really being a guy that they can lean on in the playoffs and really start to build this team around going into the future. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. It was just, it was exciting for once to have uh, somebody on the team who whenever they have the puck, you kind of go, oh, you, you know, you got to pay attention because, you know, I don't really remember the win in the Gabrick on the Wild. So mm-hmm. for the longest time, I'm kind of used to them playing this, all being the same, you know, dump it in, work in the corners, you know, hardworking kind of offense. So, you know, it's kind of, it's just nice to have a exciting dynamic player on the team once. And I think he just the way he's playing, just kind of re-energized, not just the team, but a lot of the fans as well too. And like, you know, just the interest around them heading into the last month and with the overtime winner. So I think that was, a, I think that was very important as well. Cause I mean, you know, like we said early on, you know, early in the year, people wanted them tank, 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 lose, lose, lose. So, and you know, when he started playing better, started almost carrying the team, it kind of brings a little bit more, you know, optimism that, okay, maybe it, 
isn't as bad as it was a year ago. I uh, just want to get back real quick to uh, to uh, what you were just saying about just like how you don't remember uh, what it was like when Gavrik was here, and, and just uh, just to give you like a little bit of insight of what that was like. Uh, Gavrik was good. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> in, in my opinion, I will uh, I'll die on that hill. Yeah, uh, he was he was he was just yeah. I mean, he was mostly good. I would say pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. You'd want him uh, on your team. I would say so too. I can't remember who had it, but there was a someone tweeted out about like just like a two and a half minute clip of how good Gavrik was back in the day of mostly him just burning past guys. Yeah, it was it was something just the way he flew by people and actually scored on breakaways and flew over Dominic Hashik that one time. Yeah, or was it that was was it Hashik? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that right, was a dangerous yeah. play by Hashik. Yeah. <laughs> All right, more with uh, with Zeke and Brett here on Locked in Wild. But first, I do want to talk to you about RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is that online auto parts store that you uh, that's been a family business that's serving auto parts to customers online for twenty years. And what's great is like you don't have to go to an auto parts store, your your normal chain store, who has limited stock, and you know what. They don't have it, so then they got to order it, and it might take weeks. You go to rockauto.com, they got a gigantic catalog. You can order it right away. Uh, really simple to search up for your make and model and your year of your vehicle, and it comes right to your home. Super, super easy to use. And you know what? They also have easy pricing as well. It's just one single tier. They don't have a separate tier for their mechanics that they're uh, giving a deal to that are in town. You know, it's it's the same price for your do-it-yourselfers or your mechanics, and it's again, it's just incredibly easy to go to. Go to RockAuto.com for all the best prices, and uh, make sure that when you go to RockAuto.com, make sure you write the "locked on" in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Wild. It's here, Joe and Tony from. Zone coverage here, guiding the ship. We've got Zeke Boyot from from uh, Hockey Wilderness and Brett Marshall. Both are going to be starting their new wild-centric podcast, Sound the Foghorn. Find that on your podcast services, especially iTunes. Leave a review. Check them out. Um, their first episode is slated to drop Friday. Uh, we're talking with them about the upcoming series with the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild in the qualifying round. We're kind of taking a look at a few things and breaking it down. Uh, we, we came across the ever, ever important nugget um, and tidbit of information about be- Gabrick being pretty good. So, breaking uh, news. It's breaking news. Uh, have you heard about the Lindbergh baby? <laughs> Anyways, um, I do want to talk to let's, – let's talk goaltending here. Uh, the Minnesota Wild have mostly bad goaltending. Uh, for most of the year, and like you said, uh, Alex Stalock really kind of played, I guess, mostly average in, in that month of February for the Wild to go on the run that they did to even get a sniff of this postseason. And uh, I guess the big thing is, is do you think that the Wild can hitch their wagon to to an Alex Stalock and get through the series? Or do you think that there's going to be or going to have to be like a mix of, uh, of goaltenders in this in this round? My gut tells me that it'll start with Staylock, but I think it's kind of going to be a short lease situation where if all of a sudden in game one he comes out and lets up three goals in the first period, it could go go right back to Dubnik or whatever. I don't think it'll be that concrete. Like in Vancouver, you know it's going to be Markstrom. 
and they're going to ride him, start him every game, pull him if he has a bad game, but he'll be right back out there. I think they'll try to ride the hot hand, but I think, uh, you know, in the pre-show, we talked a little bit about the scrimmages. I, from what I saw, it sounded like uh, he was the better goalie, and that Kakinen even shined pretty mm-hmm. well on his, his little bit limited debut too. So, But, yeah, I, I think it's Daylock's net to lose at this point. And how I feel about that, I, I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I mostly agree. And uh, another note is uh, I did watch a little of the scrimmage. Uh, Dubnik, I don't, again, not all that impressed with uh, how he was looking. And, you know, I just, one, I don't think they can start him first because, I mean, like you said, Stalock was just okay, but he was the best goaltender the last, like, two months or whatever. And even though that was five months ago, I, I again, I don't see that changing. Like, But like Brett said, if he has a bad game or a bad period or two, that will change right away because, I mean, you know, they it's a short series, three games, three wins. So, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the same question that I asked Tony last week that – you know, it, it seems like it's Daylock's net for game one for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think it should be his net? I mean, obviously, he had that run. Though he's kind of the reason why they're in this position that they are. But do you think that he should be in this point because of, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, the, the last game is four months ago. And really all that time in between could mean a whole lot of nothing. So uh, – you know they they phrase it as a this is a battle in tra- in these in this training camp with between all the goaltenders, but I feel like they're just giving the net to Salok because he was the de facto. He's the he's the gal they brought to that you know that they brought to the dance that, they, that you know, and that's the, that's the one that they're going to uh, to go with. But I don't feel like it necessarily should be that way. What do you guys have to say? I mean, I would agree that you know they should give her a chance. I mean, especially a Kakinen, but I honestly, on the other hand of that, I don't see them giving, uh, throwing a rookie in there just right away into a playoff series like that. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I just don't see how that's going to happen, especially when you consider that he only played, you know, the one period in each scrimmage or whatever. And so I don't know whether that's right or wrong. I, I have no idea, but I, I mean, I think it's wrong, but I just don't think that's how they're going to go. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, you want to give yourself the team, you know, you want to give yourself the best shot to win. And, you know, this is a team that seemed to kind of used to lean on veterans, but I don't get that vibe from from Everson. And not to say Stalock isn't a veteran, but it's he's not just going to go to Dubnik because, you know, he, he was our guy a year ago or whatever it was. Uh, you got to play the guys that are going to help you win. And if that's Stalock, that's the guy you put in whether or not you feel like if he's earned it or not, but I think he has, and I think he deserves a chance to prove it. Yeah, this goaltending situation is definitely different. I'd certainly feel more comfortable if the goaltending was was Devin Dubnik of a few years ago rather than uh, the last two seasons. But uh, it's not uh, – I don't really have a ton of confidence in that, but, uh, you know, I think that the Wilds' defensive structure can do well enough to protect Alex Stalock. He just has to rise to the occasion on the saves that he's supposed to make. Yeah, I agree. I think Vancouver, like their their top line, of course, with with Pedersen is the one you got to shut down. But I think mm-hmm. as long as you can have either the Spurgeon and Suter pairing or Eck or Felino out there to kind of just shadow them and keep them outside and suppress their chances, I think they can shut down that top line. And then 
they just have to make sure when he's not on the ice that they're taking advantage of that and hopefully keeping the puck uh, kind of in their own zone. And like you said, as long as, you know, Stalak's taking the shape that he should make and they can keep the play outside and keep the play in front of him, I think they'll be all right. It, it sounds like everybody got on the plane healthy and landed in Edmonton, but there, for a little bit there, there was uh, some worries about uh, Jules Eriksenak and Matt Dumba. And I, what, so I'm going to phrase it like this. Do you think that the wild can contain any of those lines, either the Brock Besser line or the Pedersen line, if they do not have Eriksenak in the lineup? It would be tough. I think if you threw together like Koivu and Felino and maybe someone else, you could maybe do it. But I think Eck just with a little bit of the youth on his side and he just, Eck just has that little attribute too. If he's just a pest, basically <laughs> gets in your head and just irritates yeah. you. I'm not sure that even an angry Miko can do that, but uh, I, I definitely think it's important that X stays in this series because I think he's the guy we're going to lean on, and I think he's kind of the unsung hero of the Wild second half in a way too. Tony, he's your boy. Uh, yeah, you know, every like uh, it, it is it is real fun to watch uh, to watch everyone get on the uh, Erickson X trade, even if it is just like, uh, oh yeah, well this guy he's going to be like an elite pest. Like I, I think he's got more in his game to him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, he hasn't shown it so far. That's kind of the, that's kind of the main thing that, uh, that kind of gives me pause a little bit. Um, but, uh, I, I do think that there's more to his game there and, and maybe this is, uh, this is the time where he, uh, he gets to show it. But I mean, even if not, even if he is just a, uh, third line center or whatever, and, uh, and he can shut down you know, the, uh, the top competition on the other side, I mean, still pretty good. Yeah. I think too, like a lot of people, Eck hasn't done anything, but I think there was a period of time where he was playing on the fourth line with all these like 35 year old veteran wingers that the wild kept signing. Um, and like, well, he didn't produce points. Well, it's like no one can produce points when their four bottles <laughs> are, are trash players that don't ever score anyway. Um, and we kindly finally saw him on, you know, with the with the Geek Squad line, and they produced offense. And I think if he could, I, I'd be interested to see what he could do, uh, you know, with maybe someone like Kevin Fiala on his wing, or just someone more offensive minded. If he can go in the corners, fish the puck out, and but I, I think he has potential to be a second line center. He just really hasn't been put in that position to prove it yet. But you know, maybe this series will kind of give us a glimpse mm-hmm. of that finally. All right, we'll have more with our special guest from Sound the Foghorn podcast. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony with special guests, Zeke Boyat and Brett Marshall from Sound the Foghorn. I don't know why I can't say that. Sound the Foghorn podcast. I'm just rushing. That's what it is. Uh, check them out. Their new their first episode is about to drop on Friday, uh, right before the, uh, the, the qualifying round series begins for the Minnesota Wild, which should be this coming Sunday. So check that out. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys make of those late-ass starts for uh, for a Central Division team? Um, personally, I don't care because, I mean, I don't really got not much to do right now, and I'm always up late anyways. So, um, you know, uh, thankfully, I'm not going to have to writing any of the recaps or nothing for those games. That would be kind of tough. But, I mean, I can see why people don't like it. I mean, you know, it's going to be – it's not going to be 945 either. It'll be more like 10, 10, 15 anyways. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's not so much about the time, but from my understanding, all the games are being playing on one sheet of ice. And if that's like the third or fourth game of the day, I skated on ice after like Bantam practices in high school, and that ice is just chewed up. 
So mm-hmm. I think I think like that's kind of an ex- that's more the thing that concerns me is they're just going to play on sh- like just crappy ice, and then you know knowing our puck luck with our goaltenders, the puck's going to like hit a chip in the ice and skip through his legs or something stupid, and that's a really yeah. Lose the series, but that, that's more my concern more than the time. I think yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm actually legitimately like contemplating taking time off for that week because the uh, well, I'm not traveling anywhere this year and I've got all this vacation time to use. And I'm like legitimately going, you know what? I think I'm gonna take that week off so I can sit write and watch and and uh, man the man the fort for uh for all the people that are sleeping over at zone coverage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what is it like those first two days? It's like hockey from like, it's like 11 AM to like base. It's like 12 straight hours or something crazy. It's amazing. It sounds, it sounds it's wonderful. Be, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, the Minnesota wild power play. Now the power play, as we kind of did during the break, we kind of discussed how the wild power play was actually better than kind of, I think what people remember of it. Um, but even going back to the 2003 postseason run, the um, the Wild actually had the best power play in the league as uh, on their run to the Western Conference Final before they were completely blanked by Jabaz and Giguere and his giant-ass pads uh, with a 21.9% power play. The Wild finished this season with a 21.3% power play. Do you think – now – it might have to rely on just one unit, but do you think that the Minnesota Wild can um, have that kind of success on the power play to actually make it a, a situation or a or an advantage to them? I mean, you know, I guess to be honest, I'm kind of used to their power play being bad, but I mean, <laughs> you know, because I mean, it always is. I mean, part of that, obviously, this year is going to be because of Fiala and his breakout, but I don't know. I mean, for the most part, on the power play, it's fine. You got kind of Preezy, he's the out front net guy, you know. Um, then you can do a variety of different ways on defense there. I, I know people hate Suter on the power play and they hate his wrist shots from blue line, but I mean, they do serve a purpose. But I, I don't know, I, it's just a, literally, it's about getting pucks to the net around that area. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's fine. I don't think it's maybe as good as it was the last little bit, but I mean, you know, I don't think it's, it's not a thing to depend on either. Uh, Joe, do you have uh, Vancouver's penalty kill percentage handy? Uh, Vancouver's PK is 80.5, which... It's kind of like, well, that, like middle of the road, pretty much. Very middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, I think if, if you want to look at it really simply, like the Wild had an above average... Yeah, the Wild had an above average power play and Vancouver had an average penalty kill, so I think you could argue for an advantage in... Zeke, you touched on Suter, and I'm one of those people that gets infuriated by shots that hit shin pads and then are cleared. But he was tied for the team lead in power play points with 18, and 16 of those were assists. I mean, I mean the guy distributes the puck really well. Um, and it, and I think if you know, if, I don't know if I haven't seen power play combos yet uh, for line wise, but you got guys like Breezy and Fiala and and Stahl and you know, Spurgeon, Dumba, Hunt, whoever else, you know. If, those are all guys that are threats to shoot. And if you get a couple of them on the ice at the same time and you have someone kind of quarterback and moving the puck to those guys, I think I don't, there's no really bunch of players on Nashville or excuse me, uh, Vancouver that jump out to me as defensive stars. And you know, Tyler Myers is going to be out there just because they pay him a lot and he sucks at defense. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's as bad. 
my uh, my I, question is uh, is if Dumba can kind of come back and rip it like he was last year uh, before he got injured. You know, he uh, had a real like easily the worst shooting percentage of his career this year, three point six percent, and just one goal in the power play all season. That's definitely not the 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 Matt Dumba that uh, that you and I know. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if if Minnesota gets. Uh, him confident in his shot on the power play and he is uh you know and he feels good enough to use it at 100 percent capacity i i think that uh that and fiala whoa you're really talking right now is dumba the um is he the wild card i guess for this uh minnesota wild power play I mean, I'm assuming that we're probably going to get close to what we got with a Fiala, a guy that's carrying the puck, the guy that's going to try to create and get the puck to the front of the net in some form or fashion um, and try to pick pick corners from the half wall. Uh, and Parisi is going to be in front of the net. So I think we kind of know what to expect a little bit on that. But Dumba, we expect that heavy shot. Is he the wild card here? Because we hadn't seen it so far, and maybe this pause – got him a chance to get more healthy and stuff like that. Is he, is he kind of the guy you're pegging to really make or break this wild power play? I wouldn't say he necessarily make or breaks it, but I think there's that if all of a sudden he does turn on and all of a sudden now teams instead of us maybe locking in on Fiala on the off wing or something, now you got to worry about Fiala and, um, and Dumba. You look at uh, one power play that particularly comes to mind is Washington. Uh, you know, teams have to hone in on, on Ovechkin, and that opens up John Carlson at the point, and you kind of have to mm-hmm. choose who you want to cover. And if you get if you get Dumba going, then you got to be able to worry. I think it makes it more of a threat. But I mean, Spurgeon is pretty good at ripping pucks from back there. We know Brad Hunt's got the big cannon too. Um, I think Dumba's you know easily got the best of those three, and you know he's one of those players I think that maybe really could have benefited from this time off just to continue to heal that shoulder up and and uh, you know really get back into form. And I think. He's definitely someone that could really help that power play. I don't think he necessarily hurt it. But uh, I think Dumba could easily better. be a wild card for like the second unit too. Like he doesn't have to play the first unit power play. You could have Spurgeon there, and Spurgeon's obviously really good at the power play. Uh, and uh, very and good at have... hockey. Sorry. Very good at hockey. Very good at hockey in general. Uh, and then you could have a, a second unit where it's like, okay, like we. Threw out the best that we had at you. Now, uh, now here's our, our B team. Oh, there's like one of the hardest slap shots in hockey. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh, so, power play could be a big factor in this series, and and obviously the Vancouver Canucks have a a pretty deadly one, and the Wilds goaltending is shaky at best. Do you think that special teams and that penalty kill with with Jules Eriksonek and um, Marcus Foligno with on the first unit with uh, Miko Koivu and uh, got maybe a Luke Cunning. I don't know, uh, maybe a Jordan Greenway uh, being the other second unit uh, of the PK. Do you think they can contain a power play like that? Or does it matter because the goaltending is so sketchy? I mean, I, I think they can, but I mean, because I mean, generally we know this year, last year, um, they've, I don't know how great their penalty kill has been exactly, but I mean, in, in general, we know they're very good at uh, not allowing a lot of chances from uh, in the middle of the zone there. So, I mean, as long as they can, they should be able to do that eventually. I mean, obviously, if you have a Pedersen, uh, uh, Hughes, all those guys, you know, you, they're skilled. 
they can uh, find that room. But I think in general, with the players they have, uh, Felino, Eric Sinek, and then other on their defense, I think they can probably you know shut that down for the most part. I think the thing that uh, that's going to be key is I think they can contain him within the zone. I think it's off the rushes where they got to be careful. Uh, Quinn Hughes is so, you know Quinn Hughes is shifty and moves the puck well. We know how good Patterson is. Defoe's got a pretty quick shot, so I think if they can contain him off the rush, I think the PK can be successful. But um, if if they start getting chances off the rush, I think that's where we could maybe start to get in a little bit of trouble. Well, I appreciate you guys showing up today and uh, joining us for the show. As uh, we're doing our best for Lockdown Wild to uh, prepare for this series ourselves. So, um, one last time, where can we find you guys, Zeke? If you want to start off first. Yeah, so uh, you can obviously find me in my uh, writing at Hockey Wilderness, and you can also find me on Twitter at zbwildnation underscore hw, and then obviously with uh, our new podcast, Sound the Foghorn too. Yeah, and then you can find me uh, on Twitter at b underscore marsh ninety two, and then be sure to uh, follow the uh, the podcast account uh, at Sound the Foghorn Pod, uh, all one word. Sounds good, Tony. You can find me on Twitter at Ohio Tony. You can find my work at zonecoverage.com. Then you can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. Follow all my work on zonecoverage.com. We've got it packed and uh, loaded, I guess, for this entire week leading up to the opening game one of, uh, of this qualifying round series. So make sure you check that and uh, go to zonecoverage.com slash wild and bookmark it. So it's, uh, it's there for you. That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit the subscribe button so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can, get, uh, you can get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Please support our sponsors because they support us. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild. Be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.